this motherfucker. Anybody moves, he dies. Drop that magazine, motherfucker, now. Everybody's gonna ditch their weapons butt first. Grab the barrel and do it, everybody. You! Now you. Now you. Keep your hands on your head. All right, fall in behind the last man. I don't think you can drop us off, badass. You're right, but I'll get an A for effort. In the 80s, our favorite decade of cheesiness, we are introduced to some A-less acting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not talking Chuck Norris. You're talking Van Damme or Lundrum? No, no, no. I'm not talking. Those, those are Shakespearean trained. Well... I'm not talking Stallone, or I'm not even talking uh, our boy Schwarzenegger. There's a name out there that put acting on the map when it comes to action films. He took it to another level. He put act in action. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I like that one. I'll give you that, that one. That's pretty, pretty good, good actually. I, I just thought of that. Yeah. The man is Steven Seagal. Mr. Seagal. Mr. Aikido, I think is what he's known for. Aikido. Yeah. Martial arts. Um, yeah, 1988. Uh, it was the testosterone era. All these actors we just mentioned were putting out films. So, but all of them started on some level of a, maybe a cameo in a film or it kind of led their way to bigger roles. Uh, this man did it. This man started <laughs> his first film right off the... Right off the bat, and he produced it. So I'll give him credit for getting getting that done. Starting roles straight away. No messing about with um, Seagull. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's Seagull, by the I way. I call him Seagull because the bird, he said, you know, it's funny to me. Okay. Tell that to well, Steven Seagull. I won't tell it to his, to his face, but, you know, actually, I might. Well, then no away. offense. He's, he's not exactly Mr. Uh, Fit. Now these days. Yeah, he, he's got the persona of a sumo wrestler now. You can probably throw a Krispy Kreme at him. Yeah, again, I would probably wouldn't say it to his face, but you know. Um, all right, so we got Andrew Davis on board. We talked to Andrew Davis. He's the director of the wonderful, wonderful film with Harrison Ford called The Fugitive. Yes. Um, Andrew Davis started off doing horror, a movie called The Final Terror. Yep. Then he, then he did a film called Code of Silence, which we actually might get to, which is... Uh, Chuck Norris and then famously he did Under Siege again teaming up with Steven Seagal now the good fun thing about Andrew Davis all of his films take place in Chicago yeah I would say as well whenever we were um, discussing you know doing this one or or, or doing a Steven Seagal film um, you you were talking about Above the Law it's a classic I didn't know what you were talking about and the reason being is because I did know this film but not as Above the Law as Nico um, it, it was known, I think, in the European market, certainly in the UK, as just Nico. Yeah, because you said, I'm watching Nico now. I'm like, what the fuck is a Nico? Yeah. And then I'm watching Above the Law, and his name was Nico. Yes. So I was like, oh, okay, so I put the pieces together, but... It was known as sure Nico watch. over yeah. here. Okay, so Nico. Uh, I just like saying Nico. Nico. Uh, Nick, uh, what's it, what, what's it uh, it's short for? Nicoletti or something? Nicolette. Yeah. Nicolette... Something, something. Yeah, yeah, it's Nic- Italian. Nic- Nicoletti Tesoramato. He says it's that I was born in Sicily. <laughs> Mamma mia. Um, 
Now, the, the funny, I will say this for him. Steven Seagal uh, picked some good, fun films. And we'll probably get to him eventually. Alpha Justice is my favorite. It's his most violent. Hard to Kill will be my uh, favorite. Uh, yeah, Hard to with Kill a, was a, with a small F. <laughs> we met Kelly LeBrock. And then Mark for Death is pretty good. Under Siege is excellent. And then he, I liked, he did Executive Decision. And I liked the fact he said he'd sign on, but he wanted to die. Um, so I always thought that was kind of cool, getting a big A-lister and then killing him right yeah. in the beginning. Um, which is fine, because then Kurt Russell took over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what so, I mean? Smart I'll decision. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Um, so, you know, he, and then after Under Siege, he kind of fell flat. And yeah. The press came after him. Um, and then I don't, I'm not... I don't know the whole story, but rumor has it he's not a very nice human being. I he was I very abusive say, to you know, Ke- Kelly LeBrock. I, I mean, there have been a lot of press reports and stuff, and you know, but I, who am I to say? I mean, I don't know the facts, all of the facts. Exactly. You know. So I, I know he's a dick. Everyone says he's a, <laughs> no. Everyone says he's a dick. Um, and I think there was a joke. I think John Leguizamo said something about executive decision. Uh, thank God he was killed or something. I can't remember. What it was, but again, I we don't know the whole story, so I just know he wasn't very pleasant to Kelly LeBrock. She wrote a book about it, um, and but again, we all have our demons. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not for me to sort of who am I to judge? If he keeps kicking ass, I'll go see him. Yeah. Well, I mean, all right, I, we got I, a bump. I wouldn't even, but you know, <laughs> we we've got Nico Dolores Zagan. Yeah. Lukic, Silvano, Sarah, Chichi, Father Gennaro, Nelson, Uncle Braca. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all these names. It's just so fucking. Uh, I do like seeing my girl, Pam Greer. Um, I always like to see her. She's the best in it, but she's also wasted in it. Yeah, there's. She's. This was kind of a resurgence for her, though. Yes. In the, in the late 80s, she kind of started getting her career back. She was in this, Escape from LA, and then, of course, underrated gem of a movie, Jackie Brown. Uh, oh, Jackie Brown's brilliant. One of Tarantino's best. But uh, oh. also... Oh, wait, no, no, Bill no. Bill Bogus Journey. Oh, Jesus, what the fuck would you pick? Um, it's just Miss Wardrobe. So, um, now I read the news from, from, from Variety and The Hollywood Reporter or, or Empire Magazine. Those are my three go-to magazines yeah. that I trust. And as you know... Uh, the lead has been casted in the new last Tarantino film, the movie Critic. Yes. And Brad Pitt's coming back. He's going to be with him. Kurt. He, he's starring him. And guess who the rumor is is going to sign on? Don't say Seagal. No. I'm so pleased if he does this because I would like to see him get outside of the action box and let people know he can do. he's a lot more than what he is. And that's Tom Cruise. That would be pretty good. If Tom Cruise signs on Tarantino, and rumor has it he's going to, he's called the movie critic, and he is going to, I think what he's going to do is go all out balls to the wall. Every actor he's worked with is going to have a cameo. Yeah, because it's, it's final film. Yeah, I, I can I cannot see him not doing this. So, Kurt Russell, Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt in one fucking film. Yeah. Bruce, it, uh, we won't be able to get Bruce, sadly. And you'll have but, people like, you know, Michael Madsen. Apparently, uh, no, I heard that there's talk that he wants Bruce Willis uh, for his final role. If, if I don't know what state he's in right now. Yes. But he, even he can come for a day shoot. Yes, th- th- that's what there's talk of. 
But I mean, that would be wonderful. Yes. I would be in tears probably because mm-hmm. it's Bruce, you know, and it's it would be it's almost like when I saw Val Coomer on, in Top Gun. I was just about know? to say that. Yeah, it's it would be so rewarding for for the fans and most likely and and definitely for, for the, the actor Willis themselves. family. Yeah, the Willis family. Yeah, that would be just a blessing. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, well, back to real good filmmaking. <laughs> oh yeah, back to the, the creme de la creme. You know what I like about Andrew Davis? Not only does he set his films in Chicago, but cops who are Nico's buddies in this, yeah, all played the cops in the Fugitive. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, you know who pops up on it as well in the bar very briefly. He's like one line of dialogue. Michael I Rooker. What was that? Michael Rooker. Yeah, guess who also pops in it? John C. Riley. Yes, it's his first film. There in the bar, stroke brothel. And the funny thing is, in the movie Step Brothers, they're watching it. They're watching above the law. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I didn't get that reference until I read up on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Steven Scott's known as an Aikido fighter. A lot of people don't like Aikido. It's more of uh, of uh, what do you call it? A uh, a defense mechanism. It's all just kung fu to me. I mean, they call it anything, and I would be okay. So it's kung fu, you know. Well, I, I, Aikido's only hands, and I like, I like what I remember watching him, and it, his movements are hypnotic. His his hands become snakes. Is well, what they are. They are. They are. That's what they are. I think I got too much of, credit, no, but they're no, quite. No, it that's that's the point of Aikido. They look like snakes. Well, look, look at his hands movements. To be fair. Um, it is pretty well choreographed, you know. The whenever he's like beating the shit out of people, and apparently Seagal yeah. choreographed um, those scenes himself. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that, that, I mean, I, I'm not. I don't want to take away from the guy. Yeah, um, the guy's pretty well trained. Uh, people take it or leave him. I just, I just love, love watching him because he's so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not like this now, unfortunately. But. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's less is to a duck of donuts. Uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a Bill Bonds man as well now, apparently. Uh, yeah, but that was a gimmick. It was just a fucking gimmick, wasn't it? Um, I do love the... Since we he doesn't have a history of movies, this is his first film, yeah. we pretty much get his biography in the beginning of the film. Yeah, it's a real self-insert, you know? Yeah. Because well, they, they use actual photos of him as a baby yep. and stuff. And his training that was him... Um, which I thought I don't know was that an ego trip or is that just to introduce us to him I uh, think but, both, what, but both but both I both. think uh, but also the the, the, the character is a bit of a self insert as well um, you know so there's a, there's a few things going on there but I think there's a bit of ego a bit of self insert and because he's also credited as a writer on this well for the story anyway he didn't write the script but as a as one of the story creators yeah, he probably says I'm going to be Nico yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be a vet. And then, okay, and then in this scene, we're, we're we're gonna have like old photos of me as a baby and stuff. Uh, he's a, I I see Seagal, especially at, at his peak here. He's a really weird build. He's got this uh, um sort of it's quite like Ian Snake like sleek, but it's like thin. But it's it's just like a, a really weird. And he's got the big long face as well. So it's it's just a, a weird sort of look. Uh, of course, in his facial expressions as well. You know the constipated facial expressions. You know. Just to add to the weirdness of it all. Uh, so, okay, I'll, I'll help me with the plot here. Um, the, so, the plot is actually pretty uh, elaborate. Okay, well, I'm going to read. I'm going. I try and get. I got a little lost, so I'm going to read it to you, and then you let me know if I'm wrong or right. Go ahead. 
him being Ninja Man, <laughs> yeah. he gets hired by the CIA. Yes. And he goes to Cambodia in 1973, and they are there to pretty much interrogate. Yeah. They're there to, um, you know, they got this truth serum, this kind of drug that, that this guy has called Zagon. Yes. Now, Zagon's the bad guy. Played yes. by, it's always nice to see him, Henry Silva. Yes. Over the top, Henry Silva. Yeah, and he looks a bit like sort of rubber later on. Uh, well, throughout it. But anyway, yes. So, he is going way too far with the interrogations. Yeah. Um, He's torturing and people. During the interrogations, he Stigal finds out Zagon is not looking for co-op operations plans. He's looking for drugs. Yes. Opium. Where's my opium? Don't fuck with my opium. Yes. Seagal is against this. He's like, fuck you. And at the same time, his buddy Nelson kind of breaks up the fight and Seagal walks away into the forest um, and disappears. Yeah. Okay? That's that's the introduction we have between Zygon and himself. Yes. Now it's 1989. Now, has he left the CIA and he's just a sergeant now for the vice squad? Yes, he's, he's a cop now. Yes. Because obviously the Vietnam War's um, not going on anymore. So he's not a cop, um, but it turns out that the, it's it's all quite convenient as well. Where it just happens to happen, you know, of all the towns and all the cities in America, you know, it just has to, has to happen on his doorstep. But they are basically these ex, well, they're still CIA guys, um, are still corrupt and still they're dealing in arms, they're dealing in I think people trading or you know there's a sort of suggestion of that, but also the drugs as well and the prostitution. Okay, well let me ask you this then. So the plot goes further where they go after a priest. Now, yes. we don't know what priest because it's two priests. Um, but they go after the priest because... Why do they go after the priest? You said something about, do the senator confess? The, the senator knows all about this corruption. Um, and, you know, with these um, CIA guys. And the senator is about to basically um, reveal all. Yes. He's going to be a whistleblower. But yeah. the, the priest um, was working with the senator and filling him in about the, the crimes these guys were committing in South America. So th- this is the younger priest, not not the, like the older priest. Yeah, you think it's bomb. the older priest the whole time, but it's not. Yeah, um, it's the younger priest, Father Tomasin yeah. or something. Yeah, uh, uh, Gennaro is one who gets killed, yeah. Father Gennaro. Yeah. But, um, okay, I thought the senator went to confession. And he confessed something to the priest, and they want what, what he said. And obviously, the priest can't tell him because it's confession. My, That's what I thought. My was understanding going on. was that the, the, the priest, the younger priest, was basically filling the the, the the senator was getting all this information from the priest. Okay. Again, okay. I had to sort of I had to watch closely. And you know, sort of you know, double check things and stuff. But oh, and that's why when Nico, he when Father Gennaro, who baptized Nico's kid, yes, tells him, "Can you come here? Can you come to me? Come come to my church for a moment." Yeah, and he shows him the lock that's broken. Yes. So Nico's like, "Oh, do they get anything? Do they steal anything?" Then he shows him where all the people are. The refugees. You know, the people that the refugees. Yeah, from South so, America. That makes sense because what he was telling Nico was they're not looking for money or wine or anything like that. They're looking, they're looking for silence. For, they're looking for these people. Yeah. Well, they're, so they they're just, looking for the priest. 
okay, so the priest is in hiding. Yes. And so, oh yeah, so yeah, but but that's why Nico got involved because it wasn't just about a robbery; it was about these guys looking for the priest. Yeah, well, I mean, Nico was involved as well, but it eventually revealed itself to the viewer and Nico. You know. All right. Okay. It's all very convenient, but it is quite elaborate, especially for a Steven Seagal film. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, but um, I, I think um, I was looking up old reviews of this, and um, Siskel and Ebert said there is too much plot here for the um, short runtime. This would have been better spread out over like two and a half hours or something, because it's such an elaborate plot crammed in to like whatever it is, an hour and 40 minutes or whatever. No, not even, not even. Yeah. Um, you, you know what I noticed in this whole film? Yeah. 15 minutes into it, Sharon Stone finally says something. Yeah. Oh, oh, she's basically just an extra. She has, she doesn't say, she has in the entire film, I think two sentences. Yeah. Whenever they're in bed, you know, whenever the net's closing in. Oh, that's another thing about the plot as well. The FBI know about all this. But that the FBI um, are sort of um, doing the bidding of the um, CIA, the corrupt CIA guys. So th- there's all sorts of. It's basically the X Files, you know what I mean? Yeah, because you've got Silvano, who he had a big chase when he was on top of the car. Yeah, and you know he's grabbing his throat. I always thought that was funny, and then he's let go right away. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? And then Agent Neely let him go. Yes. And Agent Neely ended up being a better, a better character. Says yeah, he's a good character. And well, we I have think. to, we have to let him go because he's our snitch. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. So, so Silvano is a, is a sort is, of corruption. So he's just a mole, or he's a bad guy, but he's just a snitch. Who? Silvano. 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 Um. Well, uh, he's the one. He ends up has the best death. He uh, chucks him off the car and under the train tracks. Yes, no, that, that he's just a henchman for Zagon. I know that, but why does Silvano let him go then? What, why does he get let go? Because the, the, basically these guys, um, um, Zagon and stuff, are controlling the FBI. It's a it's a whole web of corruption that that dates right back to Vietnam. See another thing as well. Uh, Wait just, a minute, how are they controlling the FBI? Because it's it's such a wide web of um, corruption, and you know they're all in it for the money, and you know it, it's been going on for so long. It's just spread very very deep, um, right into sort of government agencies, and you know well, well the CIA are a government agency, but also the FBI. That's how widespread it is. So it is. But here, uh, on a funnier note, what, what I was uh, thinking whenever I was watching this was, how come every fucking 80s action character, main character, um, <laughs> fought in Vietnam? You know what I mean? It's always like, he survived the war in Vietnam. Well, that's and, where he gets his training, man. Yeah, and, and, and now he's, he's at war with himself, you know? <laughs> I think that all came from First Blood. Oh, why? It was just a real 80s trope, you know? Um, where the action hero, you know, um, fought in Vietnam. You know? <laughs> He's going to be badass. Yeah, well, as I said, it, it just adds another level of badass to them. You know, he It's not going to, I mean, that's, that's, that's the only way to go. Yep. You're going to have Vietnam. Otherwise, they're going to be too old if they're Korean. The war. Oh, exactly. It and ties in and also, what, are, what's he, what, are, what else are they going to say? He worked for the Coast Guard. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't work. <laughs> Nothing against Coast Guard people. Yeah, it's just not as badass as Nam, <laughs> you know. But yeah, so, it, it's this big web of corruption. 
So they go and they kill the priest, Gennaro. Yes. With the bomb. Yes. Um, pretty brutal little scene. Uh, yeah, it's, it's quite, um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's all very convenient, you, though, I have to admit. Yeah. I mean, this is where you find out. Yeah, they're all, Chicago's a pretty big city. They all seem to be in the same church. America is a massive country, one of the biggest countries in the world. Everything just happens to, uh, just happens to go on on the doorstep. I mean, his own fucking church that his mother goes to. <laughs> And yeah, he's coming out carrying the priest in his arms. Yeah. Now you've just pissed off Nico. Yeah, this time it's personal. Um You know? And they set up the I, sort of cheesy scenes where, you know, um with the priest and Seagal, you know, where it's all, you know, get the confession and he goes, I've got nothing to confess, I'm a married man, you know, let's hear and it's all <laughs> and then the the pull the plug, the kill the priest. <laughs> what why I, I get confused with is it because Nico's getting too close is why his house gets searched. Why what? Sorry, his house. Get- when the when they go to his house to search his house and they arrest him. It, no, that's because he they they're all they're all told to stand down by the FBI. The cops, the division um, that Nico works for. Um, there's a scene where the FBI says, you know, fucking hands off these guys. Cause oh, I know that. Yeah. Yes. But then Nico, because he's Nico and he's a maverick and he doesn't play by the rules, man, he um, fucking tails them anyway. And they find out about this. So it's because Nico has disobeyed their orders. All right. So they're harassing him. Yeah. Yeah. But Nico, you know, he, he, he don't fucking, you know, he don't budge for anyone. You know, he's out to get his, the, the bad guys, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I just I'm confused. All right. Well, there's a lot going is. on here. It, yeah, there's way too much going on, and there's not enough fighting. Uh, well, the- um, we we get it at the end, you know, some good brutal fighting, and we guess you know in the uh, restaurant brothel thing, the bar brothel thing. Yeah. Who was it? Was that his niece he was saving? Yes. Uh, no, that that was his cousin. Um, his cousin. The, the young girl. That, that that was just a scene to set him up as as a, as a badass who takes no shit. You know, at the start. Um, yeah. So it is, but then it turns out the guy who was also in bed with her also works in the bar with all these guys and the bar guys. Um, you know, all those assholes are also connected to it all. So it's yeah. All, so uh, how the hell are these guys all linked? Yeah, it's a major fucking city. While it is elaborate, it is also overly convenient. So it is, you know, that it, and it's also just just happens to be you know in the same sort of area where Nico patrols. <laughs> it's just so was. Nelson Fox, a bad guy or a good guy? He he was. I think he started out as a good guy, and he was also like Nico's mate. But he, uh, I think he was. All, it's revealed later on that he's also a bad guy. But he's like conflicted. He wants to sort of save Nico as well, and he wants to basically do the right thing. But he, but he's got caught up in it, and he's become like a bad guy. Alright. So yeah, and and here you know what? See straight from the off. I hear me. He's gonna die. He has to die, and he does. Oh, you remember the best line is uh, when he goes to Dolores. You stay in the car. Don't leave here, no matter what. You know she's dead. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But but she don't. To be fair, she, she's not dead. 
Uh, it turns out she's wearing a bulletproof vest. Yeah, but that's but Nico doesn't know that. So there's a powerful scene when he's in her apartment. Well, well powerful at, scene. And I love how you have all these pictures <laughs> of Pam Greer. All, who has who has all these pictures of themselves all over the wall? They, they, they were um, real, apparently, uh, um, like modeling pictures of you know Pam Greer from. I know, but it's like, what is this with the opening credits of all pictures of Seagal? Now we got a, a <laughs> Pam Greer fucking mom. You know, again, I'll say it again. Pam Greer is can act, and she has a presence. Um, she's sassy and all that dark. She's wasted here. Yeah, it is. Do you see him crying? <laughs> you know who would have like, pulled yeah. off this film in the lead? I was thinking somebody like Mel Gibson. Yeah, but he was too busy with the weapons. He wasn't. Yeah, I know that dark, but I was just sort of thinking. And that's another thing that's wasted as well. I think the um, the the body cop thing between um, Nico and Pam Greer's character, Dolores. Where they could have, you know, went for that a bit more, but it, it's pretty much wasted. We don't see enough of it. Yeah, there's not much character arc or no. arcs or any kind of character uh, backstory. It's just because they have to focus on this complex story, so every scene we have to pay attention yeah, to. There's no characterization. I, I just want to see really? some killing here. I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, no, no. I mean, exactly. I mean, the action's all right, but it's quite generic. Um, uh, kudos um, to Seagull. Um, exactly, call him Seagull. To Seagull, uh, he obviously does a lot of his own stunts here. Um, you know, especially when he's on the roof of the car, grabbing your man by the throat, and your man's going, uh, "Stop the fucking car! Stop the fucking car!" <laughs> I, 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 the the last ten minutes are pretty solid. Twenty minutes, it's right. and that's just a big gunfight scene. Yeah, um, it, it, and when pretty he... much there's also um, elements that um, the director will go on to use in the fugitive. You know, with the whole big meeting with the senator going on at the time when all the everything's kicking off and stuff um but that's far enough you know um but what you know the way there's a big meeting the big convention going on at the same time as the finale's going on you know when nico's um, shooting them out some similar is happening at the end of the fugitive oh when he's torturing yeah yeah um, and, priest. Um, Seagal's given his best. Uh, he's actually changing his facial expression for a change. And, and I love how they capture him and they juice him. And yeah. he's trying to pretend he's all juiced. Yeah. But but he's Nico. Yeah, exactly. And so, so he can fight it off. I do love when he just beats the shit out of Zygon. But I, he has this famous move where he breaks your arm. Oh. He breaks his back as well. And then he breaks his neck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was pretty good. Uh, and the funny thing is, it's the best 30 seconds in the film. Yeah. It is that one when he takes down the three gunmen and and Zagon. Yeah. But up to the um, end, it's all just a bit generic and a bit... Uh, it's a, I suppose it, it's a decent sort of cops and robbers type, you know, um, thriller, you know, internal affairs type, you know, thriller. It, it's, it's possible, but there's just... It just like you say you know there's too much going on with the plot so other elements are left out like characterization or even the relationship between Dolores and Nico um, you know because even whenever she gets apparently killed you think she's killed um, it's like you don't even really give a shit you were expecting it anyway and it's like you know I don't really have an emotional investment enough and in she got character. shot in the shoulder yeah, yeah. Um, so they didn't even put place the, the wound in a, in, a, in a place where the bulletproof fest was <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, it was uh, pretty cute. And at the end, you know, the uh, the senator shakes his hand. Yeah. Here, now it's time to tell your story. 
Well, then he heard it at the start. <laughs> I know. We already know it. He's blah, yeah. blah, blah. And he's like, I was a recruited by the CIA in 1973. I went to Vietnam. <laughs> and... And then, and, and, then the, and then that's the ending. I think they're hoping for some kind of a franchise for this character. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I mean, back then, I suppose, the, 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 we look at a lot of these, you know, sort of franchises set up, like the Lethal Weapons and stuff, and, you know, the First Bloods and stuff, you know? I thought, remember, going into this, that I would have liked it. I don't, I don't, it's not as good as I remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, Alpha Justice is his best. I mean, that's fucking balls to the wall, brutal. Um, this one's a little more tamer for me. Yeah. Um, besides the blowing up the priest and the child and. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's quite. I mean, it's. Oh, I love when he when he gets ambushed in the in the alleyway. And he, yeah. He gets that one guy to chop off his hand. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just there's a hand sitting there for like ten minutes. That's right. Yeah. As Nico's kicking these guys' ass. Yeah. I always love these films when there's ten of them. And he kicks eight of their asses, and the other two are actually still going to fight him. Yeah, I know. And also, um, instead of all of them attacking him at once, they go um, one at a time. You know, instead of all just saying, "Right, let's jump the bastard," it's it's like they go one at a time. So he kicks the shit out of them one at a time. It's just it doesn't make sense. And you know, in real real life terms. Well, I think that's just. That's just a cliche. That's oh, just, oh, why? You know, I'm not that's sort of. I, I suppose yeah, I'm sort of having a bit of a, a knock at it, but um, yeah, it's just it's something that I, I don't know. I sort of nitpick these things too much at times. <laughs> uh yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things. Cause I usually have a good laugh with some of these action films and stuff, but this one I just don't have anything. It's kind of bland for me. Yeah, I forgot. Is. I've already I've already forgotten it. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's very generic eighties sort of cheese um there's nothing spectacular about it i think that the big problem is there's no real memorable characters including seagal in it you even know? the villain who's never there yeah the villains i mean not you, in you've got henry silva you should use him he's a good bad guy yeah i mean there's um, always the theory that you know you keep you know you use your villains sparingly but it's used too sparingly here uh, there's no, there's not enough memorable characters. There's not like the corny one-liners you get with Arnie or the like, you know, which are memorable. It's just very sort of, almost feels a bit made for TV. Yeah, um, it, it, it's almost like a drama. Yeah. Peppered in with action. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It plays like a really good Hill Street Blues. I was just about to say, uh, yeah, it played like an episode of. CSI Chicago, uh, CSI Seagull, you know, um, it just or or whatever you know these cops cop type dramas are. It just it's it's just not very. It doesn't feel very cinematic. You know what? You may be above the law, but you ain't above mine. <laughs> ah, there's your line. And this time it's personal, because you killed a priest. Ah, oh, boy. Even the bomb explosion, and it was some good makeup effects, especially with the. It's probably the, the most realistic scene, the bomb explosion, actually. Yeah, but what I had, what I, the problem was, you saw this coming, a mile off, but and, but there was no attention. Yeah, it wasn't like you're going, oh no. There's no tension but in this film at all. What really? should have been happening is Nico is not at church, but his wife and kid are. 
Yeah. And he has to run to try and see He's got to run because he finds out what's going to happen. So he's got to he's got to get there in time. That would have been better. Give us some tension in the scene. Yeah, yeah. There's no tension in this whatsoever. But just getting back to what you said there about having Nico run. Steven Seagal runs in a really fucking weird manner. You know, there's a scene later on where he's fighting all the bad guys and he, he runs like some sort of fucking drunken chicken or something. <laughs> like, again, I wouldn't say it to his face, probably. You know, but it's um, <laughs> a really weird build and he's a really weird way of running. It's just, it's just fucking strange. <laughs> yeah, but he can run. He's fast. I know he is. But, you know, that's because he's seagull. You know? uh, all right, guys. We're going to wrap this one up. And next up, we're going to be diving into the Nightmare on Elm Street's uh, retrospective. Two, Freddy's coming for you. Yeah, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock your door. Five, six, grab your crucifix. Seven, Seven eight, eight, going to stay up late. Yep. Nine, ten, never going to sleep again. Where you wow, I can't, I can't believe I remember that. Pretty good, huh? Yep, yep. Pretty good. Um, all right. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, give us a shout at CitizenFrame underscore podcast. And, of course, Facebook. That's all we have for this one. Go check out Steven Seagal if you want to. If not, no, you're not missing much. Our podcast's but better. We'll dive into Better Seagal later on. I For some reason, I thought <laughs> but, this was But we use the term Better Seagal very loosely yeah. there. Well, the next one ups it. It's so... No. Was it the next one? I think Hard to Kill. Hard was, to Kill no. was his next one, I think. I, it's, it's hard to kill was his box office hit that got him an A-lister probably and on, on the map Alpha Justice is his best film by far it's yeah it's like this but I can't, I don't know if it's I a little it. more right, right for polished polished a little more polished yeah and brutal it's yeah. very violent William Force is the is the, kill, uh, the bad guy in it he's so over the top it's brilliant I'm not and even that's sure what if i seen Alpha Justice I might have I don't know it's directed by John Flynn. John Flynn is a good director. He did a movie I really like called Lock Up with Stallone. Yeah. Um, oh, Lock so. Up. Lock Up's a good show. Donald Sutherland. Yeah, that's, I remember that. that that's a yeah, good, so, good show. Yeah, so you guys got some good street cred. Yeah. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Have a good one. We'll chat soon. Oh, no.